The unofficial Shopify podcast is supported by eCommerce Bootcamp, a new strategy guide from the hosts of this very show. In it, you'll learn the insider secrets of starting, growing, and marketing a successful Shopify business that supports the life you want. For a free sample chapter and a special offer, visit ecommerce-bootcamp.com today. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Unofficial Shopify Podcast. Our topic today is increasing customers' lifetime value. And that's tough to do because it's a two-way street. You know, we say increase the customer's lifetime value. Obviously, we're talking about, you know, more money in your pocket as a brand, but it needs to go both ways. We need to make it, you know, a valuable customer experience for them. You know, we need to give the customer a reason to give us more money, you know, and that that's what we're we're talking about when we say um lifetime value. So if you don't know me, I'm Kurt Elster, a Shopify expert, author of e-commerce bootcamp and whiskey enthusiast. Um, and joining me today is Ross Byler of GrowthSpark, which is another Shopify expert agency. Ross, thank you for joining us. Yeah, Kurt, thanks for having me, man. My pleasure. So you had wanted to discuss um, customer retention, which is another another way of saying is a way of increasing customers' lifetime value, right? Absolutely. Yeah, exactly. Very good. So how do we go about that? So we, so I tend to be a very uh, process oriented guy, very kind of list oriented. So for me, everything's about figuring out, uh, you know, what are the key categories and buckets? And for us, there's kind of five areas that we really pay attention to in the world of, of customer retention and increasing customer value. So for us, just to kind of summarize them is uh, number one is customer support. So thinking about uh, the support policies and ways that you address support with your clients or with your customers. And I think that it's, that speaks to that, you know, that two-way street of customer lifetime value. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm glad you brought it up as a, as kind of a key point in this. And, you know, you're 100% right. If you don't add value to your customers, if you don't create a great experience, if you don't service them the way they need, uh, you're not going to make more money. <laughs> you can't expect to then just keep selling them things, you know, if you don't provide sort of the uh, the kind of experience that they they paid for to begin with. Um, so that's a huge area for us. And um, we we also, in the other four areas, look at customer loyalty. So how do you uh, look at ways to incentivize, you know, repeat actions or purchases? Um, customer advocacy, which specifically looks at how you turn customers into evangelists for your brand. Uh, the fourth is customer analytics. So how do you learn more or create a, a better understanding of who your customer is as a means to understand how you can serve them better? And the last is marketing automation. So how do you uh, really power your email and social and content efforts using uh, sort of automation techniques and segmentation and things like that? So those are the five key areas and would love to dive into any one of those. So my issue here is really, I mean, we could speak, we could easily speak for 45 minutes on every single one of those topics. <laughs> so I'm going to try yeah. my best to, that we can, I'm going to, to move us along and keep us at a high level overview so that we could touch on all five, but God help me. I know I'm probably not going to be able to do it. <laughs> like <laughs> it's good. just, they're, they're too good. Um, okay. So I think number one was support, correct? Correct. Yep. Okay. So Define what do we what do we mean by support? 
Yeah. So the first thing that we think about is, uh, you know, as much as we'd like to imagine every single product getting shipped perfectly, arriving perfectly, being in a perfect condition, the customers just put smiles on their faces and giving us five-star reviews. It doesn't always happen. Um, customers will have questions, you know, maybe it's a complicated product and needs some help with assembly. Uh, they might not like their purchase. They might want to return or as a company, you might encourage returns. Someone like Warby Parker, who gives you samples of products and allows you to kind of, you know, uh, pick and pick and choose, if you will. Um, there might be financial issues, whatever it might be. There are, there are concerns that can come up in the customer experience and you need to make sure that as a company, you're addressing them openly, honestly, um, and, and frankly, aggressively, because if you don't provide the kind of support customers expect, that's, that's almost a guaranteed opportunity to lose a customer and potentially turn into someone, uh, turn someone into a sort of a negative brand advocate, right? Someone who shares their negative experience with your customer, which is, you know, the exact opposite of what we're trying to do uh, in this case. Right. And it's a, a safe assumption that, you know, if someone has a bad experience, they're more likely, unfortunately, to share that than they are to share a positive experience. Yeah. Un unfortunately, it's the truth. <laughs> you know, because it's really the, you know, the baseline expectation is I order goods, they show up on time as I expected them. Yeah. So when that doesn't happen, I mean, that's why people are more likely to share those bad experiences. And also yeah. why it's so hard to get people to share good experiences because you have to go above and beyond whatever expectations you set with the customer. Yeah, totally. And, and that's really where, you know, when we're talking to e-commerce entrepreneurs, really try to help them think about ways that they can turn their customer support into more of an asset, you know, rather than it being looked at as a cost center or liability. I think that's the, the downfall of some companies' attitudes is they look at support as, uh, you know, I got to hire someone to deal with that, or I have to spend time dealing with that. They don't look at it as a, really as an opportunity to turn people into evangelists and to correct and, you know, any wrongdoings that might've happened in an order. Uh, we think it's, it's really that, you know, if you put support at the, at the forefront of your customer experience, then you can do a lot of you create a lot of great relationships with customers and do some pretty amazing things. And really that's like, I mean, essentially what you're describing is a mindset shift. You have to, I mean, customer support comes down to people are going to get in touch with you and you have to respond to their problem. But if you would like, and you'll see the same problem over and over and you end up like, when you see that, that tells you, Hey, like we should add an FAQ. We should address this in some way. Um, so there's ways around it. If you see recurring problems, but I think the mindset shift there that was important for me, um, probably as a like as a consultant or freelancer, is to realize when someone has a problem, even if it sounds dumb or trivial to you, <laughs> to them it's the biggest problem in the world when they're writing it, and that's totally. you need to adopt that. Yeah, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, th I think for us, you know, there's basics in terms of making communication uh, really easy and accessible to them. So phone, social, email, ticketing, live chat, you know, just set up every channel. It's its too easy nowadays. You know, the platforms that are available, most of them just integrate directly with Shopify. It's not hard to set up the lines of communication. So, you know, for companies to make excuses uh, on the technology side, you know, I think it's its just not the case anymore. So make the channels accessible. And then, like you said, really make the mind shift uh, to looking at every one of those inquiries really as an opportunity to address these critical questions that customers have or to help tell more of your story. You know, a lot of times someone's reaching out, it might not even be a, a, a major issue. They might not want to refund. They just might want to understand things better. And that's your opportunity on a one-to-one -one basis to convey that story. And that's something that I think a lot of e-commerce entrepreneurs uh, overlook is that each one of these uh, exchanges is the only time you're going to have a one-to-one -one exchange typically with a with a 
a customer if you're selling excuse me exclusively online. It's not like retail where you can you know shake their hand and deal with the issues in front. Um, so right. it's really a huge yeah. asset on that side. The uh, okay. So as far as you know, I don't. We could keep going on it, but just to, <laughs> I think as far as actionable advice in there, um, you know, number one, take it as seriously as the the customer does, and number two, um, as far as tools go. I think there's a not like there's a missed opportunity where I see very few of our clients using um, ticketing software, support mm-hmm. ticketing software, um, which is silly, especially when like there's some really great free ones, um, like Help Scout, for example. I think is free totally. up to like however many users. Um, and the the advantage there is it's gonna you can have multiple people um, answering questions. You can move them between people. It adds transparency to it, creates like a centralized knowledge base and it makes it hard for you to blow off. Um, you know, it's very easy to let like an email disappear, get archived, end up at the bottom of the list where support ticketing software stops that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, we, we love help scout. It's great. Great tool plugs right into Shopify. We also like Zendesk, another great option. Um, you know, they, they're a fairly robust company at this point. So they have some cool kind of extensions to, uh, to their platform as well. Um, but there's a bunch out there, you know, and a lot of times, you know, if you're, if you have some sort of CRM system or if you have some, you know, other piece of technology, there might be an extension, um, a support extension for those. So there's a lot of different ways that you can set that up. Right. Okay. So once, we, um, so hopefully, you know, with support, ideally, you know, we never run into a situation like we have lived right. up to their expectations or exceeded them. You know, the person got their, their product, ordered their product. They got it three days later. It's exactly what they hoped for. What do we do then? Yeah, it's a great question. So once we've really figured out, um, all the kind of core issues around support and get the communication channels, the only other thing I would just throw in there is that, uh, not only is it a great way to turn in, uh, any experience that one-on-one exchange into that opportunity to further the story or, or for, further the conversation with the client, but it's also a great way to derive content. You, you kind of hinted at this with the idea of people asking questions, you know, it might be kind of a silly question in your mind, but it might be a critical question in their mind. Use that opportunity to really drive content creation. Um, it's probably the last point I'd make on the, on the customer support side, but as we yeah, start that's to such look- a good, um, it's a good content marketing hack. Yeah, you know, it's one yeah. of the things, one of the suggestions, uh, actually I make in e-commerce bootcamp is keep, um, keep a notes file, you know, be maybe a, like a notebook. Um, I personally, I like Google keep, um, for doing this mm. stuff, but every time every single person asks you a question, note it down in a file somewhere. And then, you know, once a month, go through it, look for those common questions, look for the stuff where you can create like a five to 800 word article that you then syndicate everywhere. Yeah. yeah like no, it's such an totally. easy, I mean, those questions really are like, treat them as writing prompts. Yeah, exactly. No, it's, it's exactly the mindset. We even do it for our own business when we're having a sales conversation with a potential client. They ask, you know, interesting questions and uh, it gives us the opportunity to turn that into interesting content that we can then share with them and similar clients going forward. Yeah, that's where I got the idea. Like, you know, someone would ask me an interesting question and I'd start replying by email. And then partway yeah. through the email, I'd realize, wait, I'm like halfway to a blog post. <laughs> this is great. I've just like done all the marketing. I need to for the week. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, exactly. And then I'd end up like just saving that to a draft somewhere. Um, exactly. Okay. So building that. All right. So I think step two was uh, was loyalty, customer loyalty. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, the the hope is that people will just come back and keep buying and buying and buying. That's that's always the the holy grail. But in many instances, there's a certain amount of prompting that's necessary, um, a certain amount of incentivization that's necessary. 
And for us, I mean, certainly discount codes, promo codes, all that kind of stuff is a great uh, approach. But for us, we really try to find another way to incentivize clients or customers to take certain actions. And certainly those actions should be aligned to buying, but not exclusively. So sometimes just getting someone to set up an account or subscribe to an email list or share a piece of content or review a product, any one of those actions could be an opportunity for you to incentivize them with some sort of reward. And there's a, a number of great apps uh, out there for Shopify. We really like Sweet Tooth. Uh, we've used it for a few of our clients. And they make turning those kind of uh, actions, uh, those kind of incentivized actions into a very easy to use reward program. So it plugs right in, they create an account and you can start giving them you know, 100 points for this, 200 points for that, 500 points for this. And those points can then be redeemed for discounts on future purchases. Uh, or discounts for certain products or what have you. So it's a it's a really kind of plug and play method for um, kind of encouraging customers to take actions that they might not otherwise do by giving them some soft incentives, but without having to sacrifice the margin right off the bat, you know, by just giving them free product out of the out of the gate. So that's interesting. The um, well, there's two parts to that. Um, the first is this this idea of micro commitments, right? So if someone has like the big commitment, obviously, is making a purchase. So they're they're giving us money, their hard-earned money. The others are, are really um, commitments around either time or trust. So those micro-commitments, which might mm-hmm. be, you know, sharing our stuff socially, which if we can get someone to do that, you know, that's fantastic. Um, but, you know, uh, probably the most common would be getting someone on our email list. Maybe, you know, following us on social media, mm-hmm. sharing our stuff, taking a survey, writing a review. Those are all, they're exchanging their time in these micro-commitments. Mm-hmm. And I had no idea. I did not realize there was an app that would tackle this for me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's up to you, obviously, to figure out what those commitments should be and such. But they they make they make that pairing of reward to action uh, really easily, easily done. And then turning those rewards into discounts or, or some sort of incentive in terms of purchasing products, which is great. And I, I think the other main thing that um, you know, people overlook is that there's an opportunity to actually brand these loyalty programs. You know, you see companies like Nordstrom and, and such, where they put a lot of thought and care uh, into creating sort of almost this exclusivity around being a you know a VIP member of of their you know of their company. So you know, because you purchase so much, or because you're such an advocate, you know, we consider you you know a, a key customer for us, or a gold customer, or, or a VIP customer, whatever it is. So there's this opportunity to just kind of play up the value outside of just pure discounts that the rewards give you, but also play up this idea of the, Hey, you're in the inner circle. And maybe once you hit, you know, a thousand reward points, you get a one-on-one conversation with our, our lead product designer. You know, there's other non-monetary ways that you can also incentivize people to take these actions and kind of participate in the community um, that you're trying to build around your brand. So I think there's a lot of that, that uh, people overlook, you know, as other ways to kind of build out these programs. Yeah. I mean, it's part of a, you're taking a, you know, especially when you're new to it, say you're like year one in e-commerce, it's mm-hmm. so easy to focus on just get the sale and move on. And you're mm-hmm. looking at, um, you know, taking this 30,000 foot view where it's, you know, you're viewing this, um, you know, a full sales funnel, but then in addition to that, what happens afterward um, and this kind of circular um, community, this tribe building aspect to it that I've, you know, recently become absolutely fascinated with. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, that feels like that covers loyalty. Yeah, that's those are the main the main things that we focus on um, when it comes okay. to, to loyalty for our clients. Like at that point, we have a happy customer, we have a loyal customer um, who's done. You know, we've we've done things for them. They've done stuff for us. 
at that point, that's when we want to look at making them, you know, hopefully they've had such a good experience that they become brand evangelists, you know, where they perform the absolute best kind of marketing we can hope for, which is word of mouth marketing. You yeah, know, I exactly. Can hit, I could tell people all day, hey, you should buy my services, but it doesn't mean one-tenth as much as if one of their friends says, hey, you should talk to Kurt about his services. Right. Yeah, no, I can't agree more. I mean, I think the power of referral marketing or, or word of mouth marketing is just incredible. I mean, whether you're you know, an e-commerce entrepreneur selling products or a service provider like us, you know, selling client work, it's, it's for us at least, a huge portion of our business uh, is getting other folks to share their experience working with us and use that as a way to drive um, future clients' interest in, in working with us. So we, we feel that customer advocacy is really another key linchpin, if you will, in the customer retention um, space. And for us, a lot of it is, um, you know, some of it is incentivizing. So, you know, you can use this customer loyalty, you know, sort of structure or tool set as a way to incentivize people to take some of these actions. But part of it is also um, finding a way to kind of build the idea of community into the center of your advocacy strategy. So a big thing for us is how can you turn your customers into kind of the center point of you know, the stories that you're telling around your brand. So whether it's content on your own website or, um, you know, highlighting the content that they create on social media platforms and sites, reviews, whatever it might be, finding ways to, to kind of build a, a sense of community and build a sense of content around all of the conversations that are going around your brand. Um, so examples would be, you know, make it really easy for people to share products from your site to other sites. That's kind of simple, right? Add this, plugins like that, where you can just easily- Yeah, that's like um, the, the yeah. bare minimum. Bare minimum, like it, you have to do that. That's that's a no, no brainer. Um, but outside of that, you know, using slightly more advanced tools where you can capture content that's uh, taking place outside of your website and pull it back in. So tools like Candid or Olapic, where you can have people who are, you know, creating imagery on, on Instagram or posting things to Facebook, you can pull some of that content back and embed it directly into your own website, things that are specific to a hashtag or specific to a user account, things like that, where you can pull that content back in and, and create this sense of community on your site by showcasing the conversations and exchanges that are going on around your brand or around a topic right, that might be relevant to your brand, um, but that exists outside of your own site. So that user-generated content kind of driven approach. Um, it's another huge thing. And I think the, the last piece of, of customer advocacy that we really like to turn to is how can you involve your customers into the content that you're creating? So, you know, when you're writing blog articles, don't talk about your product, talk about your client's experience with the product. I mean, showcase, you know, how, you know, a family who purchased, you know, a new stroller from your business, how they now have such a great time in the park. You know, let's do a video interview with them. Let's have them talk about their experience. You know, use that kind of customer centric approach to creating content as a way to one, just help prompt ideas and, and creating of that content, but, but two, to really show uh, kind of person to person what the experience people have with your product might be like. It's such a great, it's such a great approach to it because it's, you know, you're getting people involved. You're getting uh, happy customers involved. You're giving them a chance to share their story. They're creating the content with you, uh, and then in you know in part when you're doing that, they're going to be sharing it with their friends, their audience. Um, exactly. So hopefully, Absolutely. you know, like you can identify influencers in there, or at least like who your VIP customers are, um, and then you know you're sharing these essentially like aspirational inspirational but real world use case scenarios and it has you know this tremendous marketing and seo value 
and that naturally they're going to be using the language that your customers use because they are your customers. Exactly. Yeah, totally. So it, very quickly, you end up like creating this almost feedback loop. Yeah. A little virtuous cycle, which we always like. Which is cool. Um, okay. So there's a lot of, uh, you've touched on a lot of issues in there um, that I think all circle back to, you know, as far as, well, those are all strategies, I think, as far as tactics, tools. I think a lot of this comes back to one of my my favorite topics, um, so much so that I've even, I spoke about this at a conference in September, marketing automation. <laughs> so hit, just hit me, throw some some marketing automation stuff at me. Absolutely. So for us, um, so we actually, so we, we kind of pair the idea of customer analytics and marketing automation. They are two different buckets, but I think they kind of have to be combined, right? In order for marketing automation to work, you need to understand your customer at a deeper level. So the idea of marketing automation is, hey, instead of just sending out one random email to a huge list of people, all with the same subject line, all with the same content, let's find a way to break that down into to smaller groups of people where the content that you're giving them is more relevant to them. So someone who bought say, yesterday. Yeah, the end, the two, the benefit for you as the uh you as the e-commerce store owner for with marketing automation, of course, is is time savings um, yep. and hopefully increased revenue. But the benefit for the customer is hugely increased relevancy of message. Exactly. Yep, exactly. Because you have someone who bought yesterday versus someone who bought a year ago. They're in very different places in terms of the relationship that they have with your brand, right? Someone who bought a year ago might not even remember having bought something from you. Someone who bought yesterday probably hasn't received their product yet and they don't want to be prompted with discounts until they get the product they've already purchased. So really thinking about how can you uh, group customers based on different attributes. So it could be how much they purchased, how... Yeah, exactly. Segmenting them. Exactly. So how much they purchase, how often they purchase, what they purchase, all these things, all these characteristics that'll drive the kind of segments you create. So for us, there there are a number of great tools out there that will do a lot of the segmentation for you automatically and also have the power of turning those segments into email programs as well. So the one that we really love to work with, recommend is uh, called Clavio, and they have a great integration directly with Shopify. Um, You're a man uh, after my own heart. I love Clavio <laughs> for the same reason. And recently, like I thought it was great before they have in the last, say, 60 days, really stepped it up. Um, like if you've gone through like the onboarding that that thing does now, it is phenomenal. Yeah, no, it's awesome. It's it's such a it's such an intuitive tool and it's such a powerful tool as well. I mean, you can set it up in, in a short amount of time and get value just by doing better, you know, card abandonment, but you spend a, a full day with it and all of a sudden you can build a pretty robust email program that will rival a lot of big retailers. So it's got a lot yeah. of a lot of power in it. It's great. I mean, years ago it used to be like marketing automation has been around for a decade, but it used to be, you know, it, only the big boys could do it. It was very programmatic, right. it was extremely expensive. You know, like Infusionsoft right. was, I think it was Infusionsoft, you had to pay like 2,500 bucks or something crazy up front to use it. Yep. Um, I'm sure someone will reach out to me and tell me I'm wrong. But anyway, <laughs> the point is it's become more accessible over time, um, you know, with tools like Clavio um, that starts at free or tools like Drip um, that's $49 a month. It's hard to ignore. Um, and I would say, well, there's lots of email marketing programs that do it, and MailChimp is the 800-pound gorilla. Ha ha ha. You know, they recently introduced MailChimp Pro, um, and most people I know use MailChimp. But like, you're really disadvantaging yourself um, if you're on Shopify and not using Clavio because the integration is so good. Like to yeah. use, like it, um, it has excellent analytics and revenue reporting. 
Um, but it also essentially, so what we're saying, like, let's say you sold 20 products and one particular product was um, a digital camera. You could mm-hmm. set up a, you could in 10 minutes set up an automation sequence in Clavio that says, if person bought camera, wait five days and then send them an eat like one-off email with an accessory like uh, a tripod. Yeah. Yep, that would exactly. be like a very, and actually that's a perfectly legitimate idea. Um, <laughs> Take a note on that one. <laughs> you know, write that one down. Um, but, you know, that's like just scratching the surface of the stuff you can get into. Yeah. Yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing stuff. And the only thing that we really have found as a as a true extension of that um is this idea of of the customer analytics side. So, you know, Clavio for example, they do a great job in in building just a pretty robust profile around who your customers are out of the box. I mean, that's that's a lot of what their software does. We, you know, being kind of tool agnostic, we use the term customer hub as a way to think about how could you build a a a database of sorts that builds very, very rich profiles of all your customers that takes every single touch point that they might have with your brand, whether it's through email or on site or order history or social, et cetera, through support desks, pull all that information into one destination where you can now say, oh, Ross Byler is, you know, lives in Boston, 29, does this, buys this, does this. And you create this very, very really granular understanding of who your customers are and use that to then fuel your marketing automation and fuel your marketing decisions. I mean, there's some great tools out there, you know, a company called Lumiary, where it's sort of a, what is traditionally referred to as a customer relationship management tool, CRM. Uh, they built one specifically for e-commerce that plugs right into, you know, a platform like Shopify, allows you to build these kind of customer hub concepts, you know, building these rich customer profiles and then use that data to fuel the other marketing systems that you use, whether it's email marketing or your advertisements in, in your Facebook custom audiences, that kind of thing. Um, so, so some really interesting stuff going on that side as well. And the kind of last piece that we see kind of pulling all this stuff together you know, there's the marketing automation, which I think does a very good job of looking at larger trends, creating segments or groups based on characteristics or patterns. That's great when you're looking at kind of larger scale marketing, but there are also tools now coming out that focus on the one-to-one recommendations, the real true personalization. So it's not just, hey, Ross belongs to this group. So he's one of a hundred people that gets this email. It's Ross specifically gets these product recommendations because of these 20 different factors that we've seen him you know, engage in. So there's a, a tool out there called uh, Nosto that works with uh, Shopify as well. And how do you spell we'll, that one? Uh, N-O-S-T-O. And these guys will plug into your email marketing or plug in directly to your site. And for you know multi-SKU companies that have a lot of different products, they can recommend related products in a very powerful way based on a whole bunch of different factors of you as a customer, you know, all this data that you've been collecting in your, your customer hub, if you will. Um, so it's another great way to kind of think about how do you automate some of your marketing? How do you automate some of your content? How do you automate, you know, a lot of the, uh, the work that goes into understanding who your customers are and frankly, providing them better recommendations, better content, you know, and better experience with your brand. Excellent. So we managed to hit all five points without going <laughs> off the rails uh, in, in, under 30 minutes i'm impressed that's right clean and lean (laughs) (laughs) so do you have any closing thoughts on um customer lifetime value customer retention um anything we talked about yeah i mean i think kind of what we opened up with is you know take take a take a customer centric perspective on this it's not just about making more money from your customers but creating more value for them 
you know, in a sense, people look at customer lifetime value and they say, okay, it's how much money I'm going to derive from that customer over the duration of their experience with us. It's also how much value will they derive from you in their experience, you know, with, with your brand over that time period. So really take the time to kind of look at it from both angles. Um, you know, explore all these tools. A lot of these are free or, you know, low cost, uh, they plug right into Shopify. So a lot of this stuff you can do very quickly, very easily, um, you know, use these tools to your advantage to, again, really focus on creating as much value for your customers as possible, which in turn will turn into more money for you as a e-commerce entrepreneur. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, I agree with everything you said. I found myself nodding along, agree with all of it. Um, we're definitely coming from the same place. Um, but I think, you know, my fear is if someone is listening to this and they're probably like, a, you know, in their first year of owning their store, they may be overwhelmed. So, you know, number sure. one, I'm going to link to, you know, I've got like six or seven tools here that um, we mentioned. I'm going to put those in the show notes for folks. And if I could pick, you know, just one tool that you should like start with, you know, if you're feeling overwhelmed, just try the free trial of Clavio and it'll walk you through setting it up. Um, start there. I think that would be, you know, a really good introduction to some basic marketing automation. It'll get you some nice you know, e-commerce uh, or abandoned cart sequences, um, mm-hmm. some nice follow-ups. Um, and I think email is is still, you know, one of my favorite marketing channels and probably the, the highest ROI um, over a customer's lifetime. Um, but, you know, that, and then think about, again, you know, we mentioned repeatedly that mindset shift of think, you know, you have to put yourself in your customer's shoes for all of this. Um, so, you know, if someone wanted to go, uh, if they wanted to learn more about your services, learn more about you, where should they go? Yeah, great question. So definitely check us out on our website, growth, G-R-O-W-T-H, spark, S-P-A-R-K.com. Uh, you can also find us on Twitter, same uh, same handle. Uh, and then myself, um, somewhat active on Twitter, not as much as I should be, but it's uh, R-B-Y-E-L-E-R. B-E-Y-E-L-E-R. Uh, feel free to hit me up with any questions uh, or email me ross at growthspark.com uh, as well. Always happy to chat e-commerce. Um, always happy to chat Shopify. Love love both uh, the platform and the space as a whole. So definitely encourage people to uh, reach out with any questions. And I actually, as you mentioned it, uh, I just followed you on, on <laughs> <Nice>. Twitter myself. <laughs> there you go. Um, okay. So, you know, to our listeners, however this audio made it into your ears, you can find out more about it at unofficialshopfypodcast.com. And if you'd like to be notified whenever a new episode goes live, you can sign up for my newsletter at kurtelster.com, and I'll shoot you an email whenever we post a new episode. And until next week, thanks, everybody, and we'll be back next week. Our program was produced today by Paul Rita. The unofficial Shopify podcast is distributed by EtherCycle LLC. We'll be back next week with more value bombs for Shopify store owners. If you're looking for more high quality and actionable advice on learning the business of e-commerce, join thousands of other Shopify store owners on our totally free newsletter at eCommerce Bootcamp. That's eCommerce-Bootcamp.com.